Alright, welcome to the Blueprint Podcast. You already know what it is. Special episode today. Got a big surprise for our listeners, you know what I'm saying? We got one of the biggest artists in the up-and-coming game right now. Number one on Hypem.com. And got got a huge single out. It's called Bitter Boy. It's going crazy on the internet. We just wanted to welcome Applebee to the Blueprint Podcast. What's good? Man, we just been chilling, grinding. We hear a lot about your music as well. Your music seems to be like a blend of multiple genres, you know. So what the fans probably want to know, what we want to know is what music interest did you have growing up to lead to the sound that you have today? Um, as far as early on, like when I was like a kid, like it's based off of like um, probably like the Mary J. Blige, Alonda Adams, all of that old school stuff, Brian McKnight, you know, the stuff that, like, you know, your mom would be playing, you know. So it was a lot of that. Then, like, when I got to school, it was like, yo, my boys would be playing, like, Ludacris or Eminem or Jay-Z and stuff. And then once the Internet kind of blossomed, um, like, I've always just been somebody that's been open to other genres. So before pre-Internet, like, right before it blew up, I started getting into, like, alternative stuff, uh, like Flyleaf and the Cranberries and the Ramones and stuff like that. And then once the Internet opened up, uh, I just started finding, like, those random people from, like, Scandinavia making this lo-fi stuff, and then that became, like, inspiration. So I've always just been, like, a melting pot of pretty much everything, Um, but then just running to certain genres depending on mood and stuff like that. Okay, okay. You saying a lot of stuff about like Mary J. Blige and Brian McKnight. Did you is that what your mom came up like? Had you um, listening to when you were coming up? Because I know my mom loved Mary J. Blige and she loves Brian McKnight. She's always going to see them when they perform when they come in our area. Was that similar for you growing up? Um, I don't think it was like a major kind of thing. I just think that like when you're a kid, like you know that like um, certain parents they didn't want you to be listening to a certain sound. So like when you were in the car, like you were in their car. So you didn't, like, get to play DJ. So whatever CD she had in the car, that's what you were listening to. So if it was Brian that night, then that's what I listened to on the way to, you know, a game or getting dropped off at a friend's house or whatever. Um, So that's kind of what I did and what I was exposed to just directly from her. And then you you can watch, like, MTV late night, you know, and, you know, your parents start looking you're watching the the hip-hop videos with the ass shaking and stuff like that that's what you would talk about with your friends at school. So it's kind of like a balance of both worlds. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. And um, is that kind of what led to your project being called Lucy? Like, what was the inspiration for Lucy, if that's still the project well, name? Um, no, no. So the actual project name is actually Mask and Life. Um, Lucy was almost just like a, a name that I kind of use when I'm on uh, iTunes. Like, uh, when I put stuff that's just like little random Lucy records, like, uh, I just called it, I just spelled it like, uh, like a girl's name. Oh, when is that supposed to come out? The project? Uh, as far as Masking Lives, Masking Lives will either be out towards the end of this year, um, or if any delays or anything like that, or, you know, last minute things happen, um, top of next year, but it, it's looking like the end of this year, which will be cool. Do we expect any features on it? Uh, right now, everything is kind of hush-hush. It's, it's a lot of fun being able to work on it. Um, and I don't think it'll ever be ready until the moment I actually present it to everyone. I'm always like uh, very, very critical about that. So 
kind of quiet or just, you know, doing my thing on it. Yeah, I, f- I heard that you're um pretty critical and careful with your music because I heard you had like hours and hours of music on GarageBand, but you only um released a small amount of those songs. Like Yeah, you- yeah, no, I mean, like I, you know, started really messing around in GarageBand, which is my first time really making music, was December of 2013, and I think like, um, it's kind of like my writing process. If I can't be in the studio creating um, in that moment, I kind of just pre-create like on GarageBand. I'm super simple with it. Um, and I think I have like, you know, a good 100 songs from December 13th, um, excuse me, December 2013 to this day um, that are just made through GarageBand. Not mm. a lot of them, you know. But I mean, a lot of them are just like, some of them are good, some of them are bad, some of them are in the middle, some of them are finished and stuff like that. Um, but it's always just important to put in those hours that people don't see because once you release music, that's what people are going to judge you by. So it, it's kind of almost irrelevant to have that many songs and mention it because it, it won't be heard. But it's kind of cool because that's the, the work you put in that people, you know, see once you start to release stuff. So Yeah. Oh, I, oh no, I'll continue. Oh, you good? But I heard... Um, you said you said you started in December of 2013? Yeah. And you're like 23 now, so that means you started when you were like 21 or yeah. something like that. Now, a lot of people, well, especially nowadays, like a lot of people start super early because of the technology. So you have rappers that are like 14, 15, 16 when they first start. Like, did you yeah. did you like feel any doubts or any like adversity or just anything that would make you think like, I don't know if I started this too late, you know? Or you? Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think so. Um, just because I never, when I started messing around, it was for me, so it was never for anyone else. Um, and it's still for me, simply because nobody in my personal life, outside of my mom, actually knows that I make music. So it's still very, very personal to me. So it doesn't like other people are outside uh, forces don't factor in when it comes to the creation process, because it was always therapeutic. I just needed a way to express myself and so I could kind of get out of my head. Because that's like an only child. You kind of live in your head because you're so used to being, like, alone and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have all of these issues that are going on inside of your head and stuff like that that are keeping you up at night. So you need to figure out a way to express them. And music, for me, um, allowed me to express it and then be able to hear it. So three weeks from now, versus like looking at your writing on paper, you can actually hear the pain in your voice and stuff like that. So that's what it was for me. I see, I see, and it's been working because um somebody else who knows you make music is Russell Simmons. I heard that you met up with him and a met up with a couple people rather in the music industry. Yeah, no, I mean I, I definitely have done a whole lot in a very very small amount of time. Um, after I put out my very first record, uh, spit on me. Maybe about a month later, after like a cool little daily discovery piece with uh, Pigeons and Plans, um, I happened to be out in LA and um, meeting up with uh, my current manager, uh, Amir. Uh, and uh, he works side by side with Russell. And the second day I was out there, and we kind of made it official that he'd be my manager and stuff. Uh, Russell happened to be in the office, and I was just taking a meeting with uh, a potential uh, music video director. And Russell just walked in, and Russell knew who I was. And like the shock moment of that all, we spoke for like 10 minutes, and he's very, very high energy. Um, and then he kind of left. And four hours later, like he calls me 
up to his office and uh, ended up doing my first ever performance of my own song uh, in front of him, uh, as well as my manager and one of his assistants. Uh, and I was just like a mind-blowing experience. Afterwards, he just was super supportive. And, uh, uh, one picture ended up leading to him posting it like on his Instagram with like, his favorite song behind, playing behind the picture. So like, that kind of stuff's pretty cool. Was you nervous about performing your song for like the first time? Especially in front of Russell Simmons? Um, you know what? Uh, the funniest thing is because the way in which he called me up to his office and then he was like, all right, we're going to play your music. And me walking towards the couch to come just sit down and we're all just going to, you know, chill and listen. Before I sat down, he was like, hold on, what do you think you're doing? Like, you're going to perform. And then like, so in that moment, it was maybe like 10 seconds in between him saying, you're going to perform, and then me starting. So I don't think I ever had, like, a nervous moment because it was just no time. Like, you just, it's not like a, I'm going to tell you now and then four hours later you perform it for me. It's like in that moment. Oh, yeah, it was like a show. You have to turn it on. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think I ever had that moment in my head like, oh, damn, like, what if I screw up? It's like, this is it. So I think I actually, like, am super thankful for that because then I, uh, didn't have time to like get in my head or like doubt myself. Word, that's that's pretty cool. That's a crazy experience. Did you? Is that like the yeah. only experience you had that has been crazy, or has there been other experiences that have like taken you aback since you've been doing the music thing? No, I mean definitely. Uh, there's been multiple crazy experiences along the way um, since that moment, um, but a lot of it is something I keep private. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not like a, a public person when it comes to like mentioning stuff because it's almost like bragging and things of that nature and yeah. I like having like private secrets that are dope experiences that I don't have to share with everyone and it doesn't make me seem like I'm better than the next guy or more important and it makes of that nature I also think those things kind of make the story more important you know like if you hold on to it right now because if you were to tell the story right now it'd be cool in the moment but say like yeah. years down the road when your career has been around for a long time, you can, like, share that story with somebody that you're close to, and, it, and it'll, it'll have a bigger impact because it'll see where you're at and where the other people involved in the story are at. Absolutely. Day. I mean, absolutely. That's the best thing. Oh, uh, yeah. But are there, is there any artists that you um listen Like, who who's on your iPod today? Like, who's catching your attention or people that you like or want to work with one day? Uh, oh, man. Uh, that's That's, like... That's huge. Um, who is it that I listen to or who is it that I want to work with? Like, it's like literally um, that list, is, they're both like long laundry lists. So is it who am I listening to or like who is it that I want to work with? Um, let's go with who would you want to work with and then just like. Okay. Kind of filter into the other one. Okay. Um, who would I want to work with? Uh, let's see. Mick Jenkins, I think uh, he'd be pretty cold. Uh, as far as people that I could immediately see myself working with, Mick uh, Jenkins, uh, I'd love to work with Little Sims, maybe Gold Link. Uh, let's see. Damn. Uh, oh, EBS, which is that the twin French uh, girls that signed to XL. That's super cool. Um, Shamir, who's also signed to XL. Um, I don't know, there's, there's, there's a lot. Like, I like, uh, when I do a lot of uh, 
features or working with people, I prefer to do stuff that's not in my lane. I get you, I get you. Because I feel like I open my brand to becoming something much larger than just rap or much larger than just hip-hop because I've always respected these other genres. So it's not like a a, a random drop. Like, you know, when Lil Wayne jumped into rock, I think a lot of people, it threw him off because it never showed his interest in it before that moment. So a lot of people just didn't show respect towards it. Yeah, for the Rebirth album. Did you like that album? No, I mean, it's not my personal preference, but I, when I think about his execution of it, it wasn't as bad as people make it out to be. I understand, understand. I just don't think that, like, his brand was ready for that kind of moment. Yeah, we wasn't at all. That album yeah, was I mean, trash to me. Thing. It feels like it just turned into his moment. Like, he, almost like skateboarding, where you just fancy it in that moment. Yeah, yeah. They, right. Versus, like, showing the respect for it for a long period of time and then saying, hey, I want to do this. Um, then his brand would have been ready for it and his fan base would have been ready for it. So I don't think we were ready for it. But I like that idea. I mean, one of my goals is actually to have multiple songs on different genres on the same chart. That is you know like crazy. Like a hip-hop song, pop song, rock song, alternative, you know, whatever. Maybe even country if I went that route. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I think it would be awesome to see what it comes from, like, building it early on, building that fan base to expect the unexpected. If you could describe your music in three words, what would what would the words be? Weird, normal, uh Weird and normal. <laughs> weird, normal and honest. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a juxtaposition. Like when people listen to Spit on Me, I think a lot of people think it's like weird. And then you might listen to, you know, Bitter Boy and it seems normal and then Honest, because I just think that everything that you've heard, whether it's been good execution or poor execution, it's always been rooted in honesty. So, yeah, those things would be how I would describe it, or in the simplest way. Oh, uh, yeah, and some other things that I noticed in your music is some of the, a lot of the topics revolve around like just the uh, feeling of heartbreak, whether it's like a relationship or like your parents with your dad, et cetera, things like yeah. that. Do you think heartbreak is just something that makes an artist better, you would say, or is it just it's a great element of music? Um, I think, I don't think necessarily heartbreak. I think heartache is something that kind of defines people because let's say, for example, some girl breaks up with you and then you aspire to become so big that you make her feel like she lost out. Yeah. You know, when somebody's being interviewed, you know, things like that. When somebody's being interviewed and they ask you how many times you were rejected from labels or your teacher telling you you were never going to make it. I just think that anytime somebody doubts you for any reason or causes you heartache, you either, you know, accept that moment and then you know become what they think you're supposed to become or you go out there and achieve greater things because of it because of it so um i definitely think my situation in the past or situations that i experienced in my life if they're negative i can always turn them into a positive by just allowing it to inspire me versus hold me back so uh heartache of any kind can always be a blessing if you choose to look at it that way yeah, that's true in life for sure. And then I'm thinking, is there anything else that you would like want to let the public know about like your process or just 
whatever you're going through in the moment. Anything you wanted to share? Uh, in general, man, I just want everybody to know that, like, you can achieve whatever you want to as long as you believe in it. Um, I don't think there's one way to win, and I don't think there's one way to succeed. So don't believe that there's a mold to get to the place that you envision, whether you're alone or whether you share with somebody else. If you believe you can get there, then damn, you can get there. That's pretty much about it. That's for sure. Do you? Is this your first time doing an audio interview? Uh, yeah. That's crazy. So, the, yeah, we definitely do you want to plug your social media. I don't know if you're too into social media because, you know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's there for people. Uh, I've definitely, I was kind of just thrown into creating one because it was because of the music and stuff like that. So if you want to check me out on social media, uh, I have a Twitter. It's Apple's Got It. Uh, same thing with Instagram. Apple's Got It. You want to, you know, follow my Facebook, you know, artist page. Apple's Got It. Like, Everything is Apple's got it. SoundCloud, same thing. Uh, you know, whatever you whatever you use and you want to keep up with me, go to it. You don't, you go, hey, do you. <laughs> respect, respect. You know what I'm saying? Follow, follow Applebee on everything at Apple's got it. Follow me and Sean on everything. Sean dope. <laughs> yeah, check us out. Check this interview out, and make sure you check out Applebee's music because he's gonna be doing big things. It's already doing big things. You're kind of yeah. late. Bitter boy got a hundred thousand plays already. Yeah, what's when you on the blueprint? You about to blow? You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> but nah, I just wanted to <laughs> definitely just wanted to thank you for coming out and joining the podcast with us tonight. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks so All much. Right. Summer's good as it gets. Hope. Tell my 
she can swallow my uh. Exactly what he needed. See, he believed she was down and out. Conceded in these thoughts that she was defeated. The bitter boy turned his back. Sex and best decisions, I'm on go Damn, my ex should've never let go